It is the Groove Cafe right here on RX Radio. I am Crystal, always excited to hear people's stories and learn from their experiences. Today, our guest on the Groove Cafe is a commissioner with the Uganda prisons. I have Mr. Frank Baine Mayanja joining me. He's also a public relations officer at Uganda Prison Service. Uh, he wanted to be a priest, but he ended up being a teacher. There's so much to learn. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, how are you? I am fine. I am fine. Would you say that you're still a teacher even now? Yes, I've never stopped being a teacher since. <laughs> it's a calling, <laughs> huh? Yes, because wherever I am, whatever I talk is consumed by the public. And uh, mm-hmm. some are lessons, some are experiences. And uh, yes, that, that's part of teaching. Okay. Yes, that's a good point. Tell me about your life growing up. Where did you grow up? Well, I come from Sinjiro, former Mbarara district. Mm-hmm. Uh, my village is, is called Rukuba, um, and the subcounty then was Virele, but now it's Masha. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a humble beginning, um, we are three with my my sisters. The one I follow and the one that follows me. Ah. Okay, yes. so you're the um, only boy. I am the only boy, especially in my mother's side. Oh, okay. Not, not, my father had other children. Okay, so. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All so, right. But I'm now talking about the, the, the my mother, my sisters, then like that. Mm-hmm. And, and school, in, was mm-hmm. was that in Mbara as well? Yes, yes, yes. I studied in a very remote school called Kakoma Church School. I didn't go to the nursery school. I went to the church school. Mm-hmm. Then from the church school, I went to the primary school. Mm-hmm. Then from there, I went to Sinjiro Secondary School, which is also about 20 miles uh Chikagati Road, as Ooh. you go to the other side of Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, then from there, I came back to St. Joseph's Vocational school that's when i was actually supposed to become the today the priest but things didn't work out <laughs> okay who wanted you to be a priest or was no, it... it's actually me because i used to like the the way the priests were presenting themselves then oh. they, were the ones driving, they were driving posh cars putting on in italy and, <laughs> and uh, they were they, they had the command because they would stand on the raised place and all of us would do Go the other side, including <laughs> my father, who I thought was the greatest at the time. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it, it it was so interesting to see somebody who was stronger than my dad, mm-hmm. and I thought if I became like that person, then even my dad would not joke with me. <laughs> okay. So what changed your mind? You said things didn't work no, out. No, 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 no. When my father took to polygamy, then now the church couldn't accept. Okay. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Ah, um, so then you had to change your plan. Then I had to change my plan to become... To, I thought I would become a lawyer, but uh, mm. along the way, I got some challenges in the education of uh, because at a certain time, there were some domestic issues. Then I had now start looking for my own school fees, mm-hmm. uh, looking for the school fees for my sisters. Okay. So I skipped some lessons and the like. I ended up not doing well. Mm. Uh, so when the senior six results came, 
I had not done so well to go to the university. I only had to qualify to go to the National Teachers College. Okay, okay. That's how that's how I ended up in Ngozi NTC to mm-hmm. do a diploma in education. It sounds like you grew up very quickly, very not, very quickly. Because you yes, said you had to start looking for your sister's school fees. Yes, 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 yes. I had to start playing the role of a father and the, mm. and the brother and the and the husband at that time mm. it wasn't easy but we were all determined as a small family and we we managed to pull through okay okay so your training mm. as a teacher uh where did you first start of course i started with a diploma in education from cozy ntc then mm-hmm. uh this one in of kayawe as i keep normally telling people that i had boarded a bus going to makerere university only fuel to get finished at Kayawe and settled there for two years to do a diploma. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that was 89, then 91, 92. Uh, I gathered now fuel. I entered the Makerere University. Mm. And because I already had a diploma, now I had to change the subjects to social studies. Okay, okay. So that's how when I finished the university. But while I was at the university, I was actually teaching in six schools. In six schools? Yes, around uh, around Kampala. Ah, how were you doing that? You, you, I, I, you... I, I, I was simply an academic prostitute because I I I, I hated <laughs> being a poor teacher. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so you are determined to look for money. <laughs> I had to look for money. There are many things that were at stake. Mm-hmm. So I had settling my family, looking for my future. Mm-hmm. All, all things were a bit scattered. So I had to find a way of doing my efforts. And uh, I really gambled in. Mm-hmm. Then from there, that's how I started now opting to do other things apart from teaching. Mm. So what did you get into? Yeah. What else did now, you look at? That's how, that's how I ended up in prisons. Okay. As a, when, when they advertised, I said, let me try my luck. If they don't take me, after all, I'm teaching. If they take me, oh. well and good. So you saw an advert? There was an advert by then. Public service used to advertise and they would bring those adverts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how, that's how we got to that, those adverts. That was uh, 1995. Uh, they advertised. We did the interviews. 1996, June, if I remember, results came. I had gotten a job in prison. 1996, a, and we're now in yeah. 2022. Yes, wow. yes. As a cadet assistant superintendent of prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one was another turning point in my life. Mm-hmm. Prison wasn't the, like uh, teaching was. It uh, was subjected to one year and, uh, and a half training. Mm-hmm. One and, and a half a, years of training? Yes. Okay. What did that involve? Oh, it was military training. It involved academics. It involved the uh, field attachment. It, 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 it was fully packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, then we came out of the training having successfully completed the course. Okay. My first working station was Chigo Prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I was a cadet. Actually, the current commissioner general was my first supervisor's officer in charge. Oh, okay. Wow. 
<laughs> then from there, I worked for two years. Then I was confirmed as a stand superintendent of prison. Mm. After confirmation, I worked another two and a half years, and I was transferred to Karamoja. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I was being given a responsibility of being officer. So I was appointed officer in charge of the prison. Okay. Where I also worked three years. Then from there, again, they took me to the prison farm in the Soga called the Furubi, mm-hmm. in Mayube. Mm. And there, I also worked there for four and a half years. So you've worked in pretty much all over the country, should we say? Yeah. Then mm-hmm. came back. To, that's when I came back to Kampala. Now I left to being in charge of prisoners, now to public relations. Mm, how did you make that transition? Was it something you were looking for or it just happened? No, 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 no. For us, the supervisor or the appointing authority identified people in you and then they approve you accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, of course, I am an extrovert and a very good noisemaker. I think that's what Andy <laughs> did for public relations because I had never been in the class for that. <laughs> okay. So that was an interesting challenge because you are a noisemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so they say that nah, since you are a noisemaker, you go and say the noise. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. How has that experience been for you? Well, now I know I'm the longest serving government communicators we are talking because mm-hmm. I've finished 14 years in the same trade. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think I have been doing well because uh, I came in when I was just pretending to prison. Mm-hmm. And now I was promoted to senior superintendent, promoted to assistant commissioner. Now I'm a commissioner. I, I hope I will get a chance to be promoted again. Mm-hmm. So I, I have been there juggling. And maybe would be you people would better tell whether I have done my work or not. Yeah, I think we can say you have because for such a long, illustrious career, a mm. respected career. You have to even tell us, you know, give us some points on what has kept you going, how you have managed to maintain your focus and your integrity. Well, of course, it is a, it is a hard nut to crack. Mm. Sometimes I call it because when you are dealing with the public, every word you put there is assessed. You know, for us, we are assessed by the public, not by your supervisors. Mm. By the time your supervisors come to assess you, they are picking from the public thinks about it. Unfortunately, the public is in two different sections. You mm-hmm. have the government, it has its view. You have your supervisors, they have their view. You have the opposition, they have their view. You have the general public who are not attached to any political thing who also have their own view. Mm-hmm. So, when you are communicating, you must be mindful of those audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, audience and then, but it is them to decide whether they want to reject what you have said or to simply take it as you have communicated. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. And of course, be patient with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially your, your, your line of group, the journalists. <laughs> yes. You have to be very patient with us. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, with the journalist, he has made his research. He's trying to get the the wrap-up of the story. Mm. When he's calling, he expects to be at the same page with them. Mm. Yet what they what they think is very important is not what is necessary. What you think is important, you as a person. So you have to go back. But the other thing that I, I also learned is that to survive, you need to read a lot. Mm, I agree with that, a hundred percent. You have to read a lot. You have to consult a lot. You have to to, to try to, to to get the language that 
is not offensive. Offensive language could be called something good, but when you use an offensive language, it's all. Mm-hmm. And and then they prepare your body on how you communicate. When you are communicating something sad, don't laugh. Yet you are supposed to be communicating something sad. Because people look at the body, notice mm. your position. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure you, are, you package your body to the message you are giving the people. Yes, Otherwise, they will tell you that this person is a liar. Uh-huh. So, and then you wouldn't want to be called a liar all the time. Mm-hmm. Even if sometimes you may not tell the truth, you are, you are true story, not the ob- objective truth. <laughs> That's a good point. You have to package and present yourself in the right way because you are the guide in terms of how yeah. the, the, the information will be received on the other side. That's true. Now, you mentioned that you have to be very patient, but then also, I feel like mm-hmm. you also have to be very responsive, very quickly, depending on, on yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is yeah, you yeah, have to yeah. address. Mm. Because information is time. If you don't give it, then somebody will volunteer the negative one. And the clear image is always very difficult. Mm-hmm. But what I mean, you are, you, you are patient with the people, but you are quick with information management. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and in everything you do, there must be an element of hope. Pessimism is not one of the areas that people want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Even if that's what is expected, there must be some element of hope in whatever message you communicate. Uh, well, that is very true, very important, because you have yeah. to keep hope alive. Uh, what are some of the challenges you have experienced for someone else who might be taking this path as well? They're looking up to you. What would you say? Uh, well, well, one of the greatest challenges is that you are trying to clear what the mess you didn't create. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and sometimes, people who created the mess are not ready to give you information. <laughs> uh-huh. They give you false information. You run where you, you prepare your, your, your message on the false information. When you have relayed it, then the true facts come. Mm. Now, Today it becomes something hard. Now, but of course the hardest is to satisfy all the companies, your audience. Mm-hmm. Because they, they have different perspectives of what you are saying. So, satisfying them becomes mm-hmm. very serious. And then, working awkward hours. Mm, okay. When disaster strikes, whether it is at 3 a.m., whether it's at 4 a.m., whether it's midnight, you are expected to be there and respond accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. Yeah. Sometimes you are supposed to act, but then you must consult. Uh, the people to consult are available. Then you have to face it alone and wait for the consequences. Wow, I hadn't considered that, actually. <laughs> I really <laughs> hadn't. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yes. Then you are dealing with, of course, also dealing with journalists is very hard. Mm-hmm. With them, they score by making you like you you don't know what you are doing. Mm-hmm. The, the journalists don't want people who, who who are on top of their game because that one doesn't make them star journalists. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so you are struggling between your career and the journalist's career. Mm. Who takes the day? Mm-hmm. Sometimes but it becomes so hard, but. Uh, we have been surviving through. Okay. So there's a lot of negativity that you face as well that you have to manage. Yes. All right. Yes. 
Now, for most people, it doesn't matter what your career path is. We hear about mentorship and mentors and how important they are. Did you have mentors along the way that have helped you? Definitely, definitely. I've had mentors from childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, from my father, uh, then my uncle, uh, may he so rest in peace, actually. Right now, we buried him on a Monday. Oh. He has been a pillar in my life. Uh, my condolences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an all-round uh, officer, mm-hmm. and he really to me to give me the what I needed in, in leadership, what in, in responsibility. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, my commissioner general, I told you that he was my supervisor. I, I up to now I call him my father in prison because mm-hmm. uh, one of the things he has, he had always emphasized: please read what the prison's standing orders say. Mm-hmm. You will always have a reason to answer anything that he comes. And when I took that line of thought, of course, it has helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's a, a true leader that when you do wrong, he reminds you. You do right, he appraises you. Mm-hmm. And I think that one very, very, very interesting. So he has taught you accountability. Yeah. yeah. Because with him, it is, he's an open-minded person. Mm-hmm. Very objective. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are no corners. He told me if anybody comes and says, and so was doing this, this backbiting thing, he calls the other person and says, can you repeat the story? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then if you are lying, you start sweating. So, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you're right you know, there and is. you must speak and answer for yourself. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, in the when I started like this, the field of public relations, mm-hmm. Felix Kreiger was... Uh, uh, handy for me okay. because he was a spokesperson for UPDF mm-hmm. and he was senior at that by then. So I got close and I learned some very many tips out of him. Mm-hmm. And these days, we, we I think we are moving at par. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I, for my personal reason, I do a lot of listening to our president. Mm-hmm. I may not I may whether I support him or not, but I listen a lot to his messages and his is a very, very, very rich mm. in wisdom. Mm-hmm. But of course, apart from that, I have also read some books of people, the Mandela, the, all, all most of these books. I am a very good reader at that. Ah. And it is a collection of those that have actually helped me to be what I am. Wow. So you're an avid reader. That's why you're also talking about you must read. But also the beauty of reading constantly is you're learning constantly. And that impacts I, and, you. and even out of reading, I've even written a book about myself. Oh, please tell us more. Then you should. Uh, you need to have a copy. It is just writing what I went through, mm-hmm. which way I am. I, I never started the commission to tell the, the the people how I started, how I paid my school fees, mm-hmm. how I paid for my sisters, how I'm a self-made person, mm-hmm. and how I have moved through the ranks up to where I am. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, anytime you pop in my office, I will give you a copy. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Where can we find uh, the book if it's not with you directly? Incidentally, okay, my wife and I have some cottages next to Serena Chigo. That's the other outlet. I haven't taken it to the supermarket. Okay, okay. All right. But I'm thinking maybe over time I will have to take it there. But now I was having, but those two collection centers were able to do what I needed. So I didn't need to rush to the supermarket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Okay, but I can only imagine how how much there is to enjoy in the book. Thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you yeah. for giving me time today on the Groove Cafe. It is thank you. such a pleasure talking to you. We're talking about many of the things, you know, the mentors who has been there for you, some of the challenges you've had. But what are some of your pillars, your personal mantras that you know you live by? Uh, my mother. My mother is a very, very, very strong woman. Mm-hmm. I think without her, uh, this marriage we have covered wouldn't be so easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a very strong religious person, but she was tough. And that anything that you did wrong was answered either a slap or a cane, <laughs> put you in shape. Mm-hmm. So discipline. Uh, she was a discipline enforcer, and the, that is part of what has helped me to clean, mm-hmm. even in old age. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a blessing. <laughs> Such a blessing. <laughs> Thank you again yeah. for for chatting with me on the Groove Cafe. Yes, please. Yes. Have a good afternoon. Okay. Bye bye. Groove Cafe.